Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Morning. Happy Monday. Happy Columbus Day. How are you? It's nice and quiet over here. Very quiet. School's out. There's seven cars parked in front of the office. All employees. Everyone thinks we're closed today. You want to be closed today. It's a good catch-up day. Yeah, it is a great catch-up day. Let's hit inbox zero. (laughs) My inbox is always in zero. Oh, mine is not. Mine is always in zero. I like to get them out. Let's go. Move. So how was your weekend? Uh... Yesterday was great. Saturday was uh, we'll talk about that later. You know, not not so great. <laughs> I spent the day with you on Saturday. Come on. No, it was fun. It was fun. Great weekend okay. until Saturday night. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, I, I'm that hurt. <laughs> Come on. Come on over, Father. Let's hang out, Father. Friday was fun. Golf Friday tournament fun. for the school. It was nice, very nice turnout. Great turnout. We had we played well. We had fun. It's always more fun when you play well. But uh, we had a few ringers with us that helped. We didn't. My cousin's not a ringer. <laughs> he just hits the ball far. That helps. Okay. In the last few holes, we had a ringer. You know that, that joined us. But no, it was it was it was a fun day and and great seeing all the parents out there supporting the school and and doing good things and and having fun and and, and getting away from from kids and and no, but it was it was a it was a great event and and we're we're very happy and very thankful for for all those who supported. St. Teresa Golf Classic, and and we'll do it again next year. You know, it's it's always a, a wonderful, wonderful yeah. event. I have no idea what I'm gonna do with the massive duffel bag they gave me. That's that a was, nice, that's was a nice it bag. It was a pretty good, uh, pretty good swag that we got. Always get great swag at the St. Teresa Golf Classic. So look out for that next year, next that's September, right. October. All right, let's kick God out of the vineyard. Like the that's the basically the summary of yesterday's gospel, where you have this. You know, just to, to give you some context, Jesus has already made his entrance into Jerusalem after Palm Sunday, and this is where he tells this parable of the tenants, which is really an allegory, if you will, of salvation history. Uh, Jesus talks about, you know, the, you know, there, there was a landowner planted a vineyard, put a hedge on it, dug a wine press, built a tower, he leased it to tenants, and then went on a journey. When vintage time grew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. You know, he's like, I want my wine. Mm-hmm. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him, out of the, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper time. Jesus said to them, Did you never hear, read the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord this has been done and is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce 
its fruit. Wow, it's a tough gospel because Jesus obviously directing this um, to the Pharisees that are around him, the ones that are that are that are in the temple that are questioning his authority, that are you know just trying to you know you know stab him in the back at every turn. So he's saying, okay, here's here's what's going on. I started the homily saying, here's the summary of this gospel. God is thrown out of his vineyard. It's an allegory. It's an allegory of salvation history. You know, God builds us this beautiful earth. God gives us creation. Then kind of leases it to us. It belongs to him, but we think we're the owners. Like everything else, we think we're the owners. Yeah. I don't want to go there, but, you know, today we're at Columbus Day and kind of like a lot of people think, okay, this is, you know, we own this. Every, we, we, were, we were of the mentality where we already plant like our flag. That's what we own. Okay? So that's where, where, the, where the allegory is that, you know, God sends his servants, meaning the prophets, to tell him, hey, you know, give back to God what belongs to God. He wants his produce. He wants to see what have you done. And no, we're ignoring him. One they, one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Then he sent more no- servants, more numerous than the first. They treated them the same way. But he says, ah, you know what? Now I'll send my son. They'll listen to him. No. The son, the thing is, in Jewish law, if some if a landowner died and didn't have any heirs, then the property would belong to the tenant. So like, hey, now, here we go. Now we got something cooking. Let's kill the son, throw him out of the vineyard, and the, it'll become ours. Just like Jesus. They threw him out of the city of Jerusalem, killed him outside of Jerusalem. But that's not what happened, okay? All of us, you know, are responsible for kicking God out of the vineyard, meaning God is present in creation. God is present in our world, and we don't want him here. We have no time for him. Get him out of here, as we say in the, in the sports bumper music. We don't want him there because you know, we want to do things our way. We want the produce our to, all to ourselves. We want the wine all to ourselves. We want the world all to our, ourselves. We don't need someone above us. This goes back to the first sin, sin of Adam and Eve. So what happens is that it is a very violent gospel. You know, you hear about killing and stoning and beating people up. And... I made mention of this in my homily yesterday. That I had to change my bulletin cover. Yeah, <laughs> tell them that. Tell them that story. <laughs> well, you know, the bulletin cover is always an illustration. I try of the of the gospel. So we, I, w- I don't want to say it was a nice picture, but it was a, a very strong image of. It was nicely drawn. It was. Yeah. I mean, it got to the point of of what's happening at the the heart of the story. You know, a man kind of hands up with three guys surrounding him. One with a one with a giant stone, and another with a with a stick, so this is happening. It would have it would have gotten some. Uh, okay, like, now a week later, see, that's that's where you kind of get their attention, right? right? Now a week <laughs> later, I'm like, yeah, maybe we should have put it. But the thing is, it was the day after, or a couple of days after. No, it was Wednesday morning. A couple of days after, you know, me announcing Centennial, me thinking, okay, I beat the people up this week and asking them for money. <laughs> I don't want the the first cover after the Centennial cover to be a man being beaten up. It also, I said yesterday, the homily. It gave me a Rodney King and the L.A. Riots yeah. type vibe, uh, and, and I get, but here it is. At the end of the day, you can't water down the gospel. Nope. You know, Father Andrew and I were both kind of like, yeah, you know, maybe we'll focus on the second reading, which I did allude to. I go, but but I doubled down 
In fact, I did this after I left your house uh, on Saturday. That I go, no, 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 I gotta. I was praying about it. I go, no, I have to. I really want to yep. focus on this because you can't water it down. Because here's the crux of the matter. Well, it's, it's not a very comfortable gospel to sit with. It's not. The crux of the matter is that the violence done in this gospel in which we tear God out of our hearts, there is nothing dainty about sin. Sin, by its very essence, is very violent because you're ripping God out of your life. You're ripping God out of your heart. Is that something? Okay, I'm going to move you off to the side when, you know, it's a violent act, just like it was a violent act of to nail Jesus on the cross. You know, you know, old spiritual mysticism says, you know, we every time we sin, we 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 put another nail in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's very violent. And so there's no way of of watering it down. There's no way of saying, okay, let's look at the cute part of the gospel. There is no cute part of the gospel here. There is probably the only nice part is that a wine press was dug in. That's it. That was the only good part. But here's the thing: they never let him touch it. They want it all for themselves. And so how many times do you say, I don't want to share this with God. I want it to myself. This is where vanity and pride, pride. comes in. Yep. So I, I, I love that Father Andrew started. His, I went to 9 o'clock, so I heard Father Andrew's homily. And he started with, you know, we we do so much reflection and education on the horizontal sins. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, what I do to my brothers and sisters, what I do to my spouse, what I do to my family. But do we spend as much time reflecting and teaching and really, you know, really taking to heart those vertical sins, you know, the sins against God, you know, and every sin is a sin against God, but, but in particular, those that go directly to the heart of what Jesus is saying in this gospel, you know, where we are in our pride saying, you know, God, I don't need you. you know, I'm, I'm only going to pray when things go really, really bad, but otherwise I got this, you know, and that is dangerous. That is so dangerous, you know, or just to say, yeah, I'm on vacation, you know, I'm not going to go to Mass. I'm, I'm going to make the most of my time, and, and I'll just go to confession, and I'll be back at Mass next Sunday Presuming when I'm, when I'm home. You know, that is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that's, you know, we, we always say, the devil is just looking for one little, one little thing to trip you up. You know, and then once you're down, he's going to start beating you, and he's going to try to keep you down. You know, so we need to be so careful you know, to... To find those little, those little things that where where we're we're not going to take a full fault, but we're going to trip, you know, and that's where it starts. You know, and then pride sets in, and yeah, I got this, I got this. I tripped, but I'm still on my feet. You know, I'm, I'm maybe I'm not a hundred percent, but I'll recover. You know, and this this sense that I got this. You know, I know what's best. Mm-hmm. I know what I need. I know where I'm going. I know how my story ends. We don't. We don't, and and to. You know, we've, we've said it repeated on this podcast, you know, to put God off to the side and really only bring him back in when when things go wrong. When it's convenient. That's a recipe for disaster. So Jesus is talking here and telling the people, obviously, this is an allegory. This is, and he's asking, okay, what? Do you think is going to happen to these servants? And, and they answer him, surely they'll suffer the most wretched, mm-hmm. these wretched servants will, will suffer a most wretched death. Now Jesus goes a little deeper here. Throughout the first reading and the, the psalm, we heard the phrase, the vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. And yes, this allegory 
originally symbolized the house of Israel, that God established this house. God gave them this land. God gave them this land flowing with milk and honey. And time and time again, there was a Eucharistic prayer in the old translation. It used to get it used to say time and again, we, we, we kind of violated your covenant, so to speak. But you did not abandon us, it says. Thank God. But this is what happens. Time and again, God would give them things. They'd reject God. He would send prophets, kill the prophets, ignore the prophets. Something bad would happen to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, shout, you know, rinse and repeat. Okay? Shower, rinse, repeat is what I was going to say. Um, but now, Jesus goes a little deeper. When he asked them, okay, they hear, you know, they hear all these things that, you know, they answer, the wretched servants will suffer a wretched death. And then the Pharisees themselves say, and then he will give the vineyard to other tenants who will give him him the produce at the proper time. Jesus said, yeah, the stone which was built is rejected has become the cornerstone. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces fruit. Jesus is basically saying, now remind you, this is Gospel of Matthew written for the Jewish people for a Jew- so that a Jewish audience can listen to this message and they are hearing that if they do this to God, if they kick God out of the vineyard, the kingdom of God will be taken away from them and given, them, given to somewhere else. But, but wait a second, we're the chosen people. This belongs to to me, it's, you know, we see children very possessive about their toys and about, you know, we see, you know, old children, you know, possessive about their cars and you know, this is my car, this is my toy, this is my boat, this is my house, this is my corner. But doesn't belong, nothing belongs to us. It belongs to the Almighty who is in his, in his goodness, in his infinite goodness, has blessed us with these things, has blessed us with wonderful gifts. But when we think, think about this image, things will be taken from us and given to others. The chosen people are saying, wait, they couldn't fathom God putting his favor on any other people outside of their own. And so this is where, you know, we need to be very careful thinking, okay, I'm Catholic, you know, I'm good. You know, I, I go to Mass, you know, when I want. You know, I I do things here and there, but but we're not that committed, and it's very and and we get used to the violence of sin. You know, initially the vi- violence is very easy, but you talk to you know soldiers that come back from war that were very stricken by you know that first kill by that first time they had to fire around in, in battle or something like that, then they become like almost. Robots out there, they come numb to it. And that's where violence becomes something normal. And that's why violence is so prevalent in the world. And it was very, 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 very tempting to draw a parallel to what is happening in the gospel Mm -hmm. to what is happening currently in Israel. I guess I'm doing it right now. You know, because the Holy Father mentioned it yesterday, violence is never the answer. And without getting into the weeds of what's going on and the why and the who and the and 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 who is it justified is it not justified, violence is never the answer. 
But, but, but Father, you can't negotiate with terrorists. Yes, I know. But, so, you know, Nana told me yesterday after Mass, well, you know, they're, they're singing, and the psalm was, was, it was four verses, so it was repeated five times. Okay? The house of the, the vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. And, and for more than 5,000 years, people have been trying to destroy that house. And at one point, we were part of that house. And in a certain way, we still are part of that house. And, you know, you can't help but on, on this day, but our heart's going out to all of them. But it's just not them. Because where, wherever violence is, you know, there is sin. And wherever people are oppressed or people are under siege, there is the Lord. And our hearts went to be with them. And not only in Israel, but, you know, Father Andrew's, you know, very, you know, you know, what's happening in, in Armenia and Azerbaijan, what's happening in Ukraine. The Holy Father doesn't let an Angelus pass every Sunday without mentioning it. The violence is happening in Africa. We become numb to it because it's always happening. And so we're like, oh, we're not paying attention. Everywhere on the world, you know, even, even what's happening at our border, you know, that's something that, you know, where violence is happening because the cartels are running everything down south of the border. And sometimes people that want just want to make it to this country to live a free life, to put food in their children's mouths, you know, don't make it because, you know, coyote may get angry with them because they don't have payment or something like that. And they may throw them in a river, or put a bullet in their head and, and toss them outside or, or they fall off a, uh, you know, a, a train. Violence everywhere. You know, you don't have to, and then you don't have to look far. Just look at our streets. Look at our schools. This is not normal. And what the reason that this is happening is that our society, our world, has violently taken God out of our lives. We have no time for him. Oh yeah, but we have time for, you know, witches and ghouls and ghosts and my goodness, I can't wait for the sticking month to be over and for us to celebrate All Saints Day. I'm going to roll. We have time for all of that. We have time for all of that, but we don't have time for the saints. We don't have time for God. So let's go to Halloween Horror Nights and let's go to Mickey's Spooky Halloween. We don't have time for the homeless and the violence is done to them. We don't have time for the unborn who are violently being ripped out of their mother's wombs. We don't have time for the things that are truly important. And so it becomes normal, it becomes, you know, commonplace and becomes in almost an un unviolent act to just shove God off to the side. And this is what's happening in today's gospel. So how do we remedy that? How do we put God back into the middle of our lives, in the center of our lives, in the center of our world? You know, it's not easy. And what really, you know, should grind our gears and does for the Holy Father because he mentions it constantly is when violence is done in the name of God. That's, oh my goodness. And God have mercy on you if, 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 on anyone who does that. When violence is done in the name of God without pointing fingers. This is something, my friends, that we really have to pray about. You know, Holy Father said yesterday, you know, this month of the rosary, you know, how much you were praying the rosary a lot, but, but dedicate an entire rosary for peace. 
We're doing that tonight in our in our parish. On Columbus Day night, we're doing it, you know, because Peace of the Holy Rosary was two days ago, so we're doing it tonight. Come on out. Pray rosary together, because we need peace, and that was the end of the second reading yesterday. Because, and I'll get to that in a second, but because what happens is that we forget who we are. It's kind of what could happen to the prodigal son. These tenants forget that there's an owner, that this belongs to him, yeah, that he knows what is right, that he knows what is just, that he knows what we need. And he's always going to care for us. Just look, listen to this. He planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press, built a tower, then gave it to us. In other words, go back to the book of Genesis. Built this beautiful world. Okay? And I couldn't help but think that we're reading this, you know, five days after the Holy Father reaches, releases his second document on the, on the care of our world. And it's and I have to say I read the first uh, twenty five chapters of it, and it makes you uncomfortable. Kind of like this gospel makes you uncomfortable. You remember I walked into your office and I had like a eh, face, and I'm now I'm thinking it's like he's supposed to make us uncomfortable. You know, Christ did it all the time. He's the vicar of Christ. But here is what happens: is that God gives us everything. We forget, just like the prodigal son, we forget that we have a father. We forget who we are. And I made mention yesterday of of a Brad Paisley song that I was listening to the other day. I texted you. I'm gonna use Brad Paisley in my homily this weekend. <laughs> it wasn't a vanity thing. It was just like, wow, this this you know. And I had heard about, and I've heard this song. I don't know how many times, but it 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 hit differently last week. It's from the movie Cars. It's called Find Your Find Yourself. And you know. So when you find yourself in a far-off land and, and you forget who you are, basically, it's not until you realize that you're far off and that you remember that you have a home that really you find yourself. Then it goes on to you know going to a new, new place and then finding your true love and all that. But the prodigal son had to go to a far-off land and, and live a life of, dissip, you know, of dissipation and, and, and sin. And when he had absolutely nothing and when he realized that he was in a far-off land by himself, realized that he had a father. And sometimes we have to go into that depth. We have to go into that, in, in, to hit that rock bottom to realize that what we're doing wrong. And so what does not only the gospel, but the Holy Scriptures teach us? St. Paul points us in the right direction. That, you know, brothers, sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And then the God of peace will be with you. And that's what we need. So St. Paul kind of brings the balance, violence, peace, brings the balance to these scriptures, to what we heard yesterday. Because look at all the things and that we outlined, as I outlined earlier, all the things that are wrong, going wrong in the world, just turn on the nightly news. And you realize, wow, where's God on all this? We're, we're so quick to react, and we're so quick, so quick, we talked about vengeance the other day, we're so quick to find vengeance and, and not quick to forgive. And yes, there's some things that 
cannot be, you know, you know, swatted away by just forgiving that need to be acted upon. But the violence that existed in this gospel still exists 2,000 years after Jesus told this parable. So where do we go? We have to think about these beautiful virtues that St. Paul outlined for the Philippians in the second reading. Whatever is true, whatever is just, whatever is gracious, whatever is lovely, think about these things. Learn from me, and the God of peace will be with you. That's what we all long for, right? And that's what we all long for, because if not, you know, we just keep kicking out of the, God out of the vineyard, and then we, because there's another element that I haven't mentioned here, the element of judgment, that we're the ones that have to stand in front, in front of our judge, our Lord Jesus Christ, at one, at the day of judgment, and say, and he's going to ask us, well, what did you do with the vineyard that I gave you, that my father gave you? Well, you know, kept God out, you know, the, didn't do much, didn't give you much. Yeah, but this, this, uh, this has to be a, this revelation, right? This, this thinking of these nice things. It's, we, we, we've said this repeatedly the last few episodes. It has to be a heart thing. Because even in the, in the gospel, as Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, he says, what's going to happen to it? And they know what's going to happen. They say it themselves. These wretched people are going to suffer a wretched death. So we know it in our head. You know, when we sin, we know it in our head that we are you know, causing pain, not just to ourselves, but to our God. You know, we are aware of what we are doing. We, we see the violence in the world. We see you know, everything you just, the litany that you just went through. We know this is evil. We know this is bad. We know it is making us uncomfortable. But can we move that from the head down to the heart? Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's until we say with our heart, not with our mind. It's until we say with our heart, you know, this is wrong. You know, where, where we can just look at some because it's easy to, to see a violent act. You know, it's easy to see the pictures that are, that are all over social media right now. And say with our head, oh wow, that's that's heartbreaking, that's awful, that's evil, that's bad, and then just kind of go right back to everything that we're doing. It's easy to, to make that with our head, you know, to identify that with our head. When you identify that with your heart, you are moved to say to make a stand, to say, no, this is evil and, and it cannot continue. You know, this is wrong and I can't be quiet about it. You know, the Pharisees, as Jesus is saying, these wretched people will suffer a wretched death. And, and they're talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize it because they're, they're just thinking with their head and they're not thinking with their heart. If we really take to heart what the Lord is calling of us, you know, it's going to make us uncomfortable forever. And we cannot be complacent. We cannot fall back into that trap of pride. You know, it's going to force a change in us, you know, individually and as a society. But but that can only happen when it moves down from the head, you know, just a, a knowledge thing to a heart thing, you know, to, to a lived faith. And, and it would, would, the problem is that, you know, that lived faith, very difficult, obviously, because you see it during this Respect Life Month and all the people that are, that are doing things for, you know, like this weekend our Knights of Columbus are doing a brunch for the South Dade Pregnancy Center to raise funds for them. You see it in the young people that go to the March for Life in January. 
you see it for the in, you know this is respect life also you see it in the in the people that that stand outside stark the, the prison in stark florida and someone's going to be executed you know because capital punishment is a sin every circumstance it's a sin right up there with killing an unborn child it's a sin it's violence and so and you don't combat violence with violence but you see with all these people that that are working so diligently every single day they make it their life's work to work for social justice and to make the world a little less violent and that's commendable because sometimes we get caught up in our own lives and our own projects and our own things which may be all well and good but we forget that we have a so you know you were talking about the horizontal we forget that we have a social responsibility to each other god placed us in this world to live as brothers and sisters but the problem is that we are so quick to demonize anyone who may think differently from us we are so quick to demonize anyone who dares to have a separate thought than we do and doesn't think like we do or we have an original thought that we don't have you know and it, and it's something that's become so prevalent and it's happening even within our church which is why the sinner is going on right now, and the main word that, that the Holy Father is using is listen. Listen to each other. Even if the other person, what's, what's coming out of their mouth is total nonsense, listen. Can I, can I give some, it's not heretical, but a somewhat uncomfortable analogy? You know, you know who sits and listens to your nonsense all the time? A priest and a confessional. Because what's ha- coming out of your mouth is the nonsense that you did during you know, by sinning. We listen to it. We enjoy doing it because we're releasing you from your sins. But you know, but just that part, listening, it's an important part of my ministry as a priest to sit there for hours on end to listen to the nonsense that we do in our lives. Myself included, because I have to sit, I went to confession last week. And even more so in spiritual direction. Absolutely. Where where it goes even deeper. Oh my goodness, (laughs) you know, since we have, you know, we're in spiritual direction, I go, you know, you basically open up the crate, you open up your cranium and said, this is the craziness going on up here. And obviously, oh, that's that's therapy. But but spiritual (laughs) direction is both mind and heart. And saying, this is all the junk I'm dealing with. This is all the nonsense that I'm dealing with. And then your spiritual director says, all right, let's deal with that. And then at the end of the day, where is God and all that? How does God factor into the equation? Father Liam Quinn, God bless him, when he was, when he was chaplain at Columbus, when the, the boys would come in for confession, one of the first questions he'd ask them in confession was, well, how are you and God doing? You know, that's a great question. That's a great question. Because what we're doing is we throw him out. We don't have time for him. We don't make time for him. He makes plenty of time for us. He's always there. We're the ones that don't see any need. And so 
we go off through life. Like if we were godless, if we were atheists, as if we were agnostic. But we're not. We know better. We know that God sent his only son into the world, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins and to give us everlasting life. And that means something. And that's what Jesus is, is alluding to in this allegory, in this parable. And yet, we violently throw him out and stop him out. So, my friends, you know, look at this gospel, meditate upon it, meditate upon the sins that we sometimes, you know, have a problem with, the sins that we repeat, and notice that there is violence in those sins. However small, there's violence in that because we are making ourselves do something that we were not intended to do. Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, then the God of peace will be with you. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? God. Told you. Mike McDaniel to the rescue. <laughs> Rescued us from a wretched week of sports here in this town. Oh, my goodness. Aren't you glad you didn't go on Saturday night? Yes, best decision to stay home and watch from my couch. Which wasn't any better. No. Didn't, didn't you make know, the experience I'd, any better. As um so full disclosure, you know, we have a we have a little chat between a couple of us during the game. So I had typed out ugly win, but counts just the same as a blowout. And as I was about to hit the send. Ball was handed off the ball was snapped and a play was run. I go, what are we doing? No, my cousin put, you know. Thankfully, so, I hadn't hit send. Uh, and my, I just, my, it, delete, my delete, cousin delete, had, delete, delete. My cousin delete, put, back, 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 in back. years past, Miami loses this game. And next, I waited 24 <laughs> hours. And I go, this is last year. <laughs> Welcome Yikes. to last year. Wow. Um, Right now, it's like there's, there's, you can't, there's no way to even try to make sense of it. Right now, when um, compare apples to oranges, um, the Dallas Cowboys had a brutal loss yesterday, and somebody posted a, some sports writer posted a poll, who had the worst loss this weekend, the Dallas Cowboys or the Miami Hurricanes? And somebody put the Cowboys lost to the best team in the NFL. Miami lost to arithmetic. Yep, <laughs> basic arithmetic. Like elementary school math. Anyways, you know what I did? And after we still turn around and pick up a four-star commitment. Yeah, we did. It was on, amazing on Sunday. And you know what I do? And I'm not doing this because he's an alum here, and and because you know, you know, we're, we're somewhat, you know, my home with you know parishioners are because they go to Saint Augustine. But 
what after the game, I, as I always do before I go to bed, I went to the chapel and did my prayers. You know, the first person I prayed for for was Mario. Is there anybody in South Florida that feels worse than that man right now? Nope. I'm just saying. Because is there anyone who's had a that had a worse Sunday, other than Sean Payton, Brian Dable, Mike McCarthy? You know, the Buffalo Bills had to fly across the Atlantic after a loss. Whatever. But is there anyone who felt had a, a worse Sunday? No. And you th think about what I said at the beginning in, in the first segment of this podcast. The game. Now, I didn't sleep well Saturday night. I don't know about you. I no. woke up thinking about that stupid, you know, game. It is just a game. Father Andrew <laughs> swore off football completely. It, it was so bad I couldn't even get mad at it. I, I literally laughed. I was laughing the entire... I was dealing with something else also, but, you know, with some parishioners while that game was going on. But this is why, before the season started, mm -hmm. I told you, prepare... There's for, always... Yeah, that... Prepare one. for seven and five. So when they when they hit seven and five, your expectations are met. If they happen to go better, then it's right. a pleasant surprise. And all this could be remedied by... I was I was saying... I saw just somebody just blowing out at UNC. No, not blowing out. Just beating just UNC. Wait. Just beating UNC, and then we have Clemson the following week. Yep. Just do that. And everybody will forget. No, actually, you know, I don't think people will forget no. this. This will go no, down. this is one of those that will be that, replayed now, ad nauseum. We, we usually record while uh, the Lebertard show is doing their local hour, and, and we were a little late to the studios this morning. And right before I went to the studio, Lebertard saying, this is the worst loss of Miami history. I'm like, does anybody not remember Terry Porter? Yeah. And no, the, I, wouldn't, and, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, it w it's not even the worst loss in the last calendar year. Middle Tennessee State, anybody? Yeah. Clemson, 58 to nothing, anybody? Or Given whatever? where we are in the season, no, it's not that bad. No. We have, what, nine games left? Seven games and, left? And if Georgia Tech, because we didn't, because this, that play at the end obscures the fact that we did not play well. That Tyler was off, majorly off, throwing interceptions left and right. Yeah, but that's what makes it worse. Yeah, because after an ugly game, after we still, horrendous we still, we have to do ACC it, yeah. officiating at its oh, finest, because Cheney was down. Even yeah, but even despite all that, you had the win in hand. Just take the knee and get out of dodge. You had a phantom. You had a phantom holding penalty on the first quote unquote touchdown that we scored in the yeah. first half, which came off the board. Yeah. So yeah, but you talk about AC officials. You experience SEC officials in person in the Texas A&M game, and I and I saw the, what we saw together the Alabama, yeah. uh, a Texas A&M game, which Texas A&M should have won, because Alabama had seventeen penalties, nine of them yeah. being pre-snap penalties. Yeah. Those officials, I mean, now mind you, pre-snap penalties are pre-snap penalties, but those officials, they say, hey, there's a, ten million people looking yeah. at us, yep. you know, this whole. Entire 100,000 people here in Kyle Field, oh. the 12th man. They're looking at us. Oh. It's, it was just, just awful. Just bad. But it, since we're on the topic of college football, another person who probably feels very bad tonight, Notre Dame being blown out by Louisville. Hmm. And you know who the number two in the team in the country, or no, is it number two, are they number two? I think they rose to number two or, 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 or close, in, in some poll. I, I want to say it's FSU. But OFSU. I mean, OFSU, we're going to be saying OFSU. Yeah. If, if FSU, sorry, number four. They rose to number four. They rose one, one spot to number four because Texas lost. 
And Oklahoma made a big jump, seven one, jump seven spots. It's Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State. Georgia finally put everything together and, and put away Kentucky early, a ranked Kentucky mm-hmm. team. Uh, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State. Ohio State, that doesn't convince me. Needed to go to the, needed Al Golden to throw 10 men on the field to beat Notre Dame. Yeah, for me, I, I'd put Georgia, Florida State, Michigan, because Michigan hasn't beaten anybody. Oklahoma has Penn State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, USC, triple overtime to beat Arizona at home. So they were having a day like we did, but they actually won. But yeah. So can we put away the alternate uniforms forever now? Oh my goodness. And I said it before. Like Father Andrew was telling me, (laughs) telling me the virtue of the, uh, you know, the recruits and all that stuff because Mario had it in Oregon. But it goes back to, and I mentioned to him, November 19th, 2005, date. We played Georgia Tech. We had these hideous, like orange on the sleeve and black. And it was like, what is this? And Georgia Tech blows us out in the Orange Bowl. And just stop it with the alternate uniforms. Wear orange at home, yeah. white on the road. E- yeah, done. Because you want to hear the prime example of an alternate uniform? We were green in that Fiesta Bowl that we lost to Ohio State. And I have a green one in my, and I have a green jersey <laughs> which I never wear. We're getting a little my, superstitious here, Father. No, I'm not getting superstitious. <laughs> that we don't. It's just it, we're we're putting attention on things yeah. that don't matter. And you could say, well, Father, what they're wearing doesn't matter. Yeah, but you know. It's, yep. it's there. Yep. It's sports. So that's we'll college see. football. We'll see. We said we said um, last week. You said we'll we'll see how far this team has come. You know, depending on how they play after the bye. We haven't won a bye after a bye week since 2016. Is that is that true? That's what that, that I saw wow. it repeatedly. I don't know if it's, but I read it on multiple. I wouldn't places. be surprised. We always stink after a bye week. Uh, so this is your classic post bye week look ahead trap game. Yeah, Awful. now we'll really see how far this team has come with, to a team, with how they respond. To a team that lost to Bowling Green last week. Yep. Unreal. Which lost to Miami of Ohio, which lost to the University of Miami. So round and round we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's usually how the NFL works. Speaking of the NFL. I'm still undefeated. Yes, you are. You went to the game yesterday and uh, you saw, I wouldn't say it, said it was a blowout. It, it didn't feel like a blowout because... First of all, the Giants are bad. Poor Father Andrew. You know, they went to the playoffs yesterday. He didn't even watch the game. No. He didn't want to. That <laughs> well, after Saturday. Uh, <laughs> no, he he was a broken man after Saturday. He said he said Miami broke him. Um, but that game yesterday probably should have been put away early. You know, the Giants hung around because of interceptions by two. Speaking of quarterbacks, you know, didn't play sharp. I think that the Giants discovered something that the Bills, you know, had already discovered is that that two on a second and third and fourth reads, you know, it's not as accurate and not, you know, and, and is more prone to forcing the ball. That he did on that interception that was run back for 102 yards for a touchdown. Uh, but the Giants offense didn't score a touchdown. So the defense, even though they didn't play great, Darren Waller did whatever he wanted back yeah. there. Defense is still an area of concern. And special teams is still an area of concern. You know, Jason Sanders lined up for his first field goal in three weeks. Really? Yesterday. Yep. Wow. No, he didn't. He didn't have. A, he didn't have a field goal last week. He didn't have a field goal against Denver. There was seven touchdowns. He should have had a field goal. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Anyhow, but uh, it's something that I and I read it this morning, and it's absolutely true. The other phases of the game, because you see 
for example, what San Francisco did to Dallas last night, and you say, if we line up against San Francisco, we're toast. Because that defense, boy, did they make Dak look bad. Yep. And I saw all of 10 minutes of that game, maybe. I said, yeah, I'm, 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 I had too much football today. I'm done with this. It's not going to be a competitive game. I don't care. Uh, but you go down, and, 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 and this is what this league is. That Buffalo looked like world beaters last week when they killed us. Mm-hmm. And they go across the pond to a Jacksonville team that stayed in London, played back-to-back games in London, yep. and looked lost. Awful. You know, you would think they were the ones that woke up early, you know. So that was, you know, something that was surprising to me. But thank you, Buff. Thank you, Jacksonville. Yep. Now the Dolphins are in sole possession of first place yep. in the FC East, playing Carolina. And be careful with Carolina because Bryce Young, you know, does look good, but doesn't look as good as C.J. Stroud, who should have beaten the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. There were so many tight games yesterday, so many that, that the one in in well, Atlanta, the, our our pick'em went crazy yesterday. Oh no, because the thing is, there were so many toss of games, yep. and I was going through there, and um, the one who had the best week, and I looked at it this morning, and now I forget who it was. The one who had the Miss best Betty. was Miss Betty. Your Child's pre-K three yeah. teacher. She jumped into a first place tie with uh, with, with Erica. Erica. So the girls were running. The, were in yep. the world, and <laughs> and you're and I, you fell back a bit. No, I didn't. I, I I'm more or less. I'm still two back of you. You're tied with Father Andrew for third place, and I'm in fifth place. So we're still there. But good job with Erica and, and Betty and Miss Betty are are up there. But there were so many toss up games yesterday. A lot of people had, uh, for example, the Tennessee Indianapolis game. The Bengals-Arizona game, the Bengals ended up blowing out uh, Arizona, but a lot of people picked close. that pick. No, it wasn't close at the end. They blew no, not at the end. The, the, the first, uh, first half was close. Uh, but yeah, it, w- it was just NFL is like that. NFL is like, my goodness. The, what, I was talking earlier, we have Bryce Young coming in this weekend, but C.J. Stroud has become the breakout star. He's doing things that are just remarkable. And I'm interested to see Bryce Young go up against this uh, this defense, which I still say needs work. Needs a little work. Um, let's pour one out. Before we get to baseball, let's pour one out for Inter-Miami. They gave us a good run during the summer, and now no one's paying attention, and Messi is going off to Argentina, and we've been officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, Emma, let's get your act together. Observe the international window like every other major If you want to be a major yep. league in the in world football then observe the international window it's not that hard you know if you can make time for a nation's league cup in the middle of the yeah. summer you can make time <laughs> for the international window so that inner my because it's not only just inner miami but you th- look at all the players from the u.s men national team that are playing for mls teams that have to leave come on and and the thing is they're going to be gone during what some teams trying to get into the playoffs or, or play for seeding come on guys get your act together on that so that's all we inner miami Paid plenty of attention to them during the summer. The postseason. The Major League postseason. Let's pour one out for our Marlins. That is proud of us. We were, we were huffing and puffing and saying, this man across from us is saying, we're going to beat Philadelphia. What happened against Philadelphia, Jorge? Yeah, that's how he started the, the podcast. <laughs> no, but what do you, what do you think happened? We lost. It, it, we lost our two top pitchers. Okay, but we had two pretty decent pitchers go up there, and they, they, they held their own. Yep. But just that's postseason baseball. We uh, 
Couldn't swing the bat. I, I think the moment was a little too big for for some of these guys. Is the real first go around? Right, because it was Cause it was empty 2020, in 2020, yeah. And, I mean, Philly is, as much as we hate them, they know how to pack the stadium for, for October. I made the I made the comparison to you last week, and you don't remember this because you were too young. In 1987 and in 1991, when the Twins won their World Series, no one wanted to play in the Metrodome, as hideous stadium that it was, but it was so loud in there. And the fanatics are so crazy. And in Philly, you know, I always tell you that, that, and I've always said it here, that the first base coach is married to a former student of mine, and, and her family goes up was up there for both games. And, you know, the pictures they took there and the video they took there, and, that, and that's just crazy. I mean, I've been, we, obviously we've had postseason baseball here in Hard Rock. Yep. Or in Sun Life Stadium, or Jarby Stadium, whatever it was called, when the Marlins won the World Series in '97 and '03. But there's nothing like it in a market that has had baseball yep. forever. Yep. I went to a postseason game in Yankee Stadium five years ago, probably more six years ago, and there was nothing like it. You know, the noise starts before the game. Here, you know, we made fun of Tampa Bay last week. We haven't done it on this podcast, but let's make fun of Tampa <laughs> Bay because you know it's always a good time to make fun of Tampa Bay. Nineteen thousand for a Postseason now, I mean, we three, can't. Three o'clock on a Wednesday is. Uh, it's just, but and and also for a place that it's hard to get to. Yeah, and it's the first round, but this is a team who started off twenty-five and I don't know, three or something like yep. that. It looked like they were running away with everything. Yep, and now look at Baltimore too. Okay, so and I wanted to get to that, Woo. but but before I get to that, uh, we talked about all right. If we had a three o'clock game. We would have had more than nineteen thousand. We would have not have sold out. Have, we wouldn't fill it up. Okay. When, and I want to okay, I want to think back in ninety seven. You know, and in two thousand three, I went to in ninety seven. I remember I did go to a division series game, and I went to an LCS game. In oh three, I don't remember if I went to a division series, but I did go to Beckett's game four. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, game five game, which we thought was going to be the last game of the season, and ended up not being. Thankfully. Uh, and and they were all sold out, but I don't remember if the division series that year were sold out. But the, the place was full oh. in terms of the capacity, I'm sure. But uh, we can't throw stones at Tampa Bay. But you were talking about the postseason, and Baltimore's down two zero. The the that was surprising. That is very surprising. And against a Texas team that caught fire against Tampa, mm-hmm. that is, you know. Dodgers Kershaw pitching in the postseason, death and taxes. Is he done? He's been. I mean, he's great regular season pitcher, but in the postseason, yep. six runs, and then he was pulled after one out. Uh, and then Philly went into Atlanta and, and demolished Atlanta. Atlanta had not been shut out at home all, all season. year. Yep. But the point that Jorge's trying to make, make the point. Which was about about <laughs> these, these people have been sleeping oh, for a week. Oh, they, yeah, for what we talked about last week. No, the, the the benefit of the first round buy, I think it it's uh it does more damage than good. Unless it goes into a seven game series. Because a five game series is just like a three game series, it's a crapshoot. But the wild card, because they both swept, yep. they could line up their pitchers all over again. Mm-hmm. Even even if it's on short rest, but you're still lining up your, your number one, number two. What benefit is there? So here's the thing is that these guys have been sitting around cold for a week. 
I understand that they want more fans interested in the playoff run. So you had Miami and Arizona and Cincinnati and San Diego and Seattle and all these other cities that would have been asleep for the last two weeks of the season paying attention. That's great. But what you have is a watered-down postseason. And if a team catches fire like Philly did last year and went all the way to to play in the World Series, didn't win it, but they won a pennant, you know, now Atlanta... You cannot tell me that there is a more complete team than Atlanta. Yep. You can't. You didn't tell me that Arizona's better than... For those bats to get shut out at home. But here's the thing. But a friend of mine always points out... Oh, pitching wins you the postseason. Exactly. Bats mean absolutely nothing in the postseason. But for that team to get shut out? Yeah. To get shut out. And then Arizona... And I don't understand. They played everybody on Saturday, and then yesterday only two games? I mean... I don't know they didn't want to go up against a behemoth no. that is the NFL, but come on. Come on. Give us baseball. We have two. You have Arizona and, and, and the Dodgers tonight and Philly and, and, and Atlanta. But Texas going 2-0 up on Baltimore, which won 100 games. Yep. And Texas kind of backed into the postseason. Should have won the division. Didn't. And Houston, finally, we have, there's one series because Pablo Lopez. Yeah. God Pablito. bless Pablito. All right. Talk about two teams that both won trades, Minnesota and Miami. Pablo Lopez pitched seven innings. When does the last time that happen in a postseason game? I'm thinking of Madison Bumpgardner back, you know, eight years ago. But Pablo pitched seven strong innings. Corey Seager's having himself a postseason. Wow. So that's more baseball talk than any of you probably have heard all week, all week. <laughs> on any outlet anywhere. Now, you you asked me an uh, interesting question. Do we trade Jazz? I did. Because we need, we have a lot of needs. For a team that we made the postseason, we need, we, defense, need, we, we have a lot catcher. of needs. And uh, do you trade Jazz for the right package? If the, if it's, first of all. I said no. You said no. I, say, I said no. That's your that's your spark plug. That's what's going to draw people. Does, does he really draw people? He does. Absolutely. Uh, are, you, are you going out to the ballpark to see uh, Jesus Sanchez? Yes. I like Jesus Sanchez. You know I do. I think he's a good player. Uh, no, I mean, I know what you're saying. Uh, but I think that obviously it has to be a major league player. Or two. Or two. I think that options are on the table because he was totally lost in those two games. I will tell you, he played a hell of a center field and in in, he, in, he made a spectacular catch and a spectacular assist at home. Yep. Uh, throw it home to nail yep. a runner at the plate. See, but uh, I can I can excuse Jazz, Jesus De La Cruz, Berger. Uh-huh. You know these are young guys. They're real first real. Yeah, and, and to be in field, you know who I can't excuse? Jorge Soler went like over eight with five strikeouts. He won an MVP and he was in he was in Minute Maid. You know and beat and beat the Houston Astros batting by cleanup. You cannot go over eight with five strikeouts in a in a wild card. Series. And he had had a pretty good week going up, yeah. you know, leading up to the to to the postseason. Uh, Bell was the only guy who showed up. And God bless him, and he, and he may be gone. Yep. And hopefully, I mean, he gets paid and he and deservedly so by somebody. I wish it was us. Yep. Because well, he, we, he says he wants to stay, but no, we need that presence in the clubhouse. Yep. But I really enjoy what. It was a great season. Oh, for we we sure. can. We had a blast. But to bring it full circle and just to say what I think should be done is just go back to the way it was a couple of years ago. 
two wild cards playing one game on Tuesday and Wednesday and then start the division yep. series right away. You you cannot. Yep. You cannot have Yeah, you burn the, the, you burn the number 1 and there's your advantage. No, but what I'm saying is that you cannot have the best Why do you play 162 games? Yep. There's a reason why you play 162 games. I understand you want more people because 40 years ago, and, and Scott Van Pelt made this point, that the, the Baltimore Orioles also won 100 games 43 years ago. Yet the New York Yankees had a 103. So no soup for you, Baltimore. Only the AL East and the AL West winners got. I remember one year, I think it was one of the last years before the wild card ever started, that the San Francisco Giants, for whatever reason, oh, because they were in New York, were in the AL East. Sorry, the Atlanta Braves were in the AL West. Okay. And Atlanta... Who went on to the World Series that year and lost? But they, they, and they and San Francisco were going back and forth, back and forth all year, and both won over 100 games. And San Francisco was left out. So yes, the wild card is important, but should have put paramount importance on winning the division. But not, not so much so that Milwaukee, who had a good season and won their division, yep. they're out after losing two to Arizona, who. Was not playing particularly well the last week of the season, but that's baseball. It depends how your starting pitcher yep. is. And we we had solid performances by Luzardo. I was going to say Barrios again, by Garrett, <laughs> by Braxton Garrett. You know, they kept us in it. But Grand Slam at the end, you know, it was a good year. Yes. It was a good year. Silly. And hopefully these, these, these series even out. But Baltimore, they lose in Texas. Season's over. Yep. It's over. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, congratulations to Max Schumacher for winning yet. Uh, for win Matt, so sorry, Max Verstappen. I said Schumacher. Oh. I'm mixing my my <laughs> F1 guys. See, I wasn't ready for that. Oh my goodness, it's, it's long weekend. Uh, Verstappen won another F1 title. Congratulations. We're all bored. Get some competition. It's nobody cares. We were in Cutter yesterday. Father Andrew swore that it was taped today. No, dude, that's live. No. <laughs> But pray for Father Andrew. He's 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 first of all he's on retreat this week, so pray for him. And he's a broken man. He was like, "That's it. I'm cutting football out for my life." Yeah, it was rough. You know, that was rough. I, I you know, in, the, in my the back of my head, even though I would have hated the Dolphins for lose yesterday to an inferior team, the only thing that would have brought me solace that would have made my associate happy. <laughs> so, you know, that that's you know, he took that rough. And and I was I was talking to people that we could could not sleep on Saturday night. That, but it's the unifying power of football, of sports in general, that we care so much. Yep. And and we forgot to talk about the Heat. They they start the preseason tomorrow. We also didn't talk about how the defense completely disappeared. But everyone seems to forget about that too. They had more passing yards in that last drive than they had given up the entire God, game. Right. Make a tackle. Panthers start on Thursday. Against the Minnesota, why, why didn't they let us start at home? We're Eastern Conference champions. Come on, come on! So we get uh, we get all these wonderful people that took us through a magical carpet ride in the in the summer, coming back to uh, into our lives. You know, Carter, who's who's injured? Who's I, this is where I need CJ? Who's, who's still injured? back? Is more is the is the better question? Who's still injured? Eesh, there was because there was <laughs> a lot of people that were skating on one leg last yeah. year. Um, yeah. And Marlins felt season. a little bit of that too. Arise on one ankle. Sandy's done. Oh, Sandy for the year. Oh, oh we didn't. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. All right. 
We got material for next week. We do have material for next week. So <laughs> have a great. Uh, for those of you who have the day off, have a great day off. For those of you who are still working, we apologize. Uh, Jorge's working. You know, I'm working. Uh, we have we have stuff to do. Yeah, we send people home early. Who knows? Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come to the if you're hearing this on Monday, come to the Rosary, seven thirty on Monday night on October 9th. Happy birthday, Sophie. Um, and I'm and I'm missing anything. Uh, if you can, oh, this is important. This coming Sunday. We have a Respect Life brunch sponsored by the Knights of Columbus. Uh, go to our webpage. There's information on that. Uh, and obviously, if you haven't made your centennial pledge, please make it by the end of October so we see where we're at. Have a great weekend. Root violence out of your life, the violence of sin, and let God be the center of your life. Now, mighty God bless you, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.